Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another Hollywood Memories. I'm Dan Roberts, the publisher of The Vegas Voice, and my great pleasure is to serve as co-host for my favorite columnist, oh. <laughs> and that's Beverly Washburn. Beverly, thanks again for being here. Thank you, Dan. You're so sweet to always say that. <laughs> Let's talk about another man in your life, and this one is just an icon in, in Hollywood, and that is Jack Benny. Yeah, well, I could talk about him for days. Honestly, I feel so blessed that he was a part of my life up until the time he died. And um, the funny thing about, well, not funny, but everybody knows that Jack Benny played the stingy tightwad. Yep. He was probably one of the most generous people I've ever known in my whole life. I mean, it's just something how his character was different from his real life. Right, exactly. Let's start with the first episode, the first segment you did with Jack Benny. You remember that? I remember it very well. Yeah. Um, I was, I guess, about eight years old, and I went on the audition. I had to read for the part. Of course, I didn't understand any of the jokes. I was way too young, but I read for it. And I got the part. So it's a, a show. People can Google it. All you have to do is go to Jack Benny and the Little Girl, and you can see it. It's a pretty funny bit, but um, they had me planted in the audience. And on cue, during his monologue, I would I go up and ask for his autograph. And then there's this really funny bit that goes on. And of course, as I said, I didn't even get any of the jokes, but because I was too young. What was the character's name? Margaret Truman. And at that time, <laughs> Harry Truman was present. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then Margaret was his, his daughter. It, yeah, Margaret was his daughter, and so we did all this dialogue. And if you watch it, you'll notice there's a couple of times when Jack Benny stuttered quite a bit. Well, he told me later it's because he was so nervous because. We had rehearsed it, but never in front of an audience. And so all of a sudden he said he got nervous, like this was a first time thing that I did with him. And he was afraid that I might forget my lines, or he said worse, he was afraid if he forgot his lines that I would you know, run off the stage or it would throw me off. And he was afraid I'd get stage fright. And he said all these things were going through his head because back in those days, it was done live. It was live TV back Exactly. Then. Where nowadays, you know, they do <coughs> live things, but they have a tape delay. Mm -hmm. If something goes wrong, they can kind of stop. But back then, whatever happened went right on. And yet, I mean, the way that I understand it is that you were planted in the audience mm -hmm. and you were like a little girl that's going to come up and ask for his autograph. Exactly. And... Nobody knew that you were planted until, obviously, as the skit was going on. Right. They actually had my mother and me stand in line outside as though we were part of the audience being brought in. But the usher knew where to seat me because I had to be up kind of close to the front um, so that I could get up on stage. So it was all, you know, all planned, but they wanted it to look real for the audience. And it was a live audience. You knew you were on live TV. Were you nervous? No, I wasn't. Um, I guess because I was too young to know any better. I don't I mean, know. But yet all those people watching you, and everybody must have been shocked when the little girl started going up on stage. Right, because they had an orchestra pit, and so even the people in the orchestra kind of pretended like they were trying to stop me because I go up on stage, and they're like, no, you know, that kind of right. thing. So the audience is thinking that it's real until we go into this bit where my name is Margaret Truman. And, and yet... 
when you did the jokes or when Jack Benny did his stuff, because again, he would just stare and until everybody cracked up, you never laughed. Well, I didn't, I didn't get the jokes, so. <laughs> so no, I didn't. And, and with the audience laughing, and I mean, it was a very funny bit. Yeah. It never took you out of your character as to who you were. No, fortunately, everything went well. And because of that, Jack Benny kind of took me under his wing, so to speak, because he was so relieved because he said he realized afterward he was really taking a chance on me because I was so young. And if I would forget my lines or get stage fright suddenly, it would just throw off the whole show because they couldn't do it over. It went on as we did it. So, so in effect, you were better than Jack Benny <laughs> in his own bit. No, but I was just so fortunate to to work with him. I didn't know, you know, how famous he was, of course. But I was too young and it wasn't and I've said this before in my column, so I at the risk of being redundant. When I did all these things as a child, I worked with some really iconic people for which I'm very blessed and very grateful. But I didn't realize it at the time. I, I had no idea who Jack Benny was, really, and Kirk Douglas and Bing Crosby and Loretta Young and all those people I didn't know until I became an adult and realized just how fortunate I actually was. And obviously, uh, Jack Benny really liked working with you because you did radio programs with him? I did. Um, I did some radio and uh, I toured with him. We did a little bit of funny skit in um, Tucson, Arizona, and then he continued to stay by my side, so to speak, and we always stayed in touch. And he would do these incredible things that uh, he didn't do it for the accolades. He didn't do it so people would write about him or know about it. He just did it from his heart, like when my daddy was dying mm -hmm. uh, in the hospital, he sent over his own personal physician at his expense to look in um, on my dad. And nobody knew that he did that. He didn't do it for, you know, the accolades. He did it from his heart, and only we knew about it. And he never looked to seek publicity for it. Never. No, it was just from his heart. He gave me this beautiful St. Christopher. Yeah, we have a picture of it. We're going to show it on the screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's something I will treasure always. He gave me a string of beautiful real pearls for Christmas one year. And he was just thoughtful and generous and kind. And, and he was... At your 18th birthday, there's a, there's a photo that was showing that. <laughs> With that crazy hairdo of yeah. mine. Oh, my goodness, how the times have changed. Yeah. But, yeah, we did that. And then later on in my 20s, we went on tour. We toured all over uh, the East Coast. We played the Sahara here in Vegas. We played the Sahara in Lake Tahoe. And, and then you were also at Hollywood Palace. Hollywood Palace. And that Palace. was another skit, and that was with the... Smithers sisters. Right, yeah. We did a, a, this little funny act um, where he brings us up on stage in, as though he had never seen our act, and we're just awful. And anyway, it was a, a really funny bit. And we started out on uh, the Hollywood Palace, then mm -hmm. we did Melody Land in L.A., which is by Disneyland. And then he took us on tour, starting with Vegas and Tahoe, and then all over the East Coast. And he was just very generous to you. He was... He was incredible. And at no time when you had to come up on stage with hundreds of people watching you, it, it just never affected you. I mean, you, you were professional. You did your job. But 
You didn't look around and say, oh, my God, what's going on? No, I just, it, it was just such a fun place to be. And um, he was so nice to everybody from the crew to, I mean, everybody. Right. And when we did the Hollywood Palace, uh, I the main guest star was Sammy Davis Jr., and I had never met him. And so people know that I'm very short. I'm only 5'1", well, on a good day. Yeah, five feet. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> and so we were backstage, and I had not met Sammy Davis Jr. yet, but we were backstage, and he walked by me, and he did a double take, and he said, I've got cufflinks bigger than you are. <laughs> I got short jokes my whole life, but that one was my favorite. Yeah, and, and then as you were getting older, there's something called the Deb Star Ball. Right. In which Jack Benny was the one that sponsored He you. was my sponsor. They don't do that anymore. They did it for probably, I want to say, 10 years. It was not a beauty contest or anything like that. It was... The makeup and hair department, um, their association, would nominate 10 girls that they thought would, I don't know, go on to do something. And so uh, they did it every year, and uh, each of us had to have a sponsor. And so Jack Benny was my sponsor. And then they gave us an escort, and lucky me, my escort was Bill Bixby, who was just darling and just such a nice guy. And it was held at the Palladium in Hollywood. It was on TV. It was on TV. I believe George Goebel was the host. Really? Yeah. And we would come out, um, and our escorts would hand us, you know, this big bouquet of roses, and we would be wearing, like, white gowns and come out one by one. I mean, and we have a photo of it, and there were other very famous Yes. Women. Went on Raquel Welch. Right. Raquel Welch was one of them. Uh, Marianne Mobley, who had been Miss America. But again, it wasn't a beauty contest or anything like that. It was just people that they thought, I don't know. Well, future stars. Well, but. Like yourself, future stars. Anyway, and Donna Lauren, who had a big couple of hit singles in the 60s. And uh, Barbara Parkins, who was in the Valley of the Dolls. And um, what was the other one? There were a whole bunch of women that were so big. <laughs> okay. But let me ask you this. When all the women were together, were they friendly or was it like a cat fight? No, everybody was friendly. Everybody was very nice, <laughs> I assume, right? Yeah, they would have us go at various functions and parties to meet the, you know, the publicity people and people that would put our picture in the paper and advertise us as the Deb star for that year. And they had 10 different girls every year for... I want to say it went on for about 10 years, but they don't do it anymore. They don't do it anymore. No. And yet your es- escort was, you said, Bill Bixby. Now, you said he was a horrible person. <laughs> he never said you that. never said that. He right? was darling. He yeah. really was. Yes. Uh, you know, in the few seconds that we have left, let me just make a plug, if I may. Beverly's stories, and there's a thousand of them. They're all true, and they're all fantastic. <laughs> they are all in her book, Real Tears. And how do you get that book? It's available on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and punch in my name and Real Tears Take Two. Take Two. And if they purchase the book and they mail it to the Vegas Voice, what happens then? Oh, then I would be happy to sign it, autograph it at no charge and mail it back to them. There you go. As always, I thank you for allowing me to sit with you. You still haven't thrown me out yet, but the day's (laughs) not over yet. So I thank you. And for those of you who enjoy... Beverly's segments, as well as her other Vegas Voice segments, please, please, please don't hesitate to hit that subscribe button. The more people we have, the more we'll be able to do segments like this. So 
Beverly, as always, my favorite columnist. I oh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much, and thanks to all of you for watching. You're not going to cry again, are you? Not? <laughs> I'll try not to. Try not to. <laughs> and again, I thank you. And this is Dan Roberts for Hollywood Memories saying we'll see you again next time.